Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. All right, monkeys, before we jump into the show, let's go ahead and get some of our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact me, I have a few different ways that you can do that. We have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-APE1, 206-745-2731. If you would like to record your own audio and have me play that for you on the show, or if you would like to write in an email and I can read that out for you, you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Over on the website, I have the Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube buttons. If you'd like to throw some financial love my way, there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. I do have a PayPal donation button. I also have an Amazon search box where it says help support the show. Basically, the way that it works is if you go through my site, so if you use that search box or if I've got a, a link to a specific product and you click on that and you end up buying it, Amazon basically gives me a finder's fee. There's no additional cost, so shipping isn't extra. There's nothing like that. So if you were going to purchase something anyway through Amazon, I would appreciate it if you could go through my site and, again, kind of throw me some financial love. It does help support the show, and it helps me pay for things like bandwidth for hosting and for domain names. I think that's going to do it, so let's go ahead and jump into the show. Hey, monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silver back with you. Today is Sunday. It's the 29th of September, 2013. The show today, I think, is going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, I'm not going to be able to put out a show next week, and I haven't been able to put one out, uh, at least an Armed Ape show, that is. For the last couple of weeks, I actually started to record one last week, but just wasn't able to get finished up and and wasn't able to uh, get enough sort of audio recorded, that type of stuff, to even put out kind of like a mini-show. So the show today may be a little bit of a mini show, but I did want to put something out because I know I'm squeaking under the wire here, uh, but I wanted to put out uh, at least two shows a month. And uh, my first one was at the 1st of of September, and of course this one is at the end of September, so I know I'm squeaking in. Anyway, the other day I was thinking about prepping and about, you know, we talk about things like... uh, putting food aside and and having uh, some good clean drinking water around. And uh, there's a lot of different theories on how much you should have. You know, so you, should you have a week's worth for everybody in your home? Should you have uh, a month's worth, three months, a year? Uh, is, is six months good enough? And... Uh, one thing kind of struck me the other day, and that was that we we kind of prepare for when the electricity goes away. So what to do once the electricity isn't flowing. And, you know, I guess the reality is, unless something really catastrophic 
happen to the whole country, the electricity is probably always going to flow. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things like power outages and that while maybe, let's say I live in Arizona, so while somebody in the Phoenix area may experience a power outage, the side of town that I live on, and uh, for those of you guys that maybe aren't familiar, Phoenix has several different cities. So you've got, you know, the, you've got Phoenix and you've got Glendale, you've got Peoria, you've got uh, Mesa, Tempe, you know, all these other things. Kind of like how L.A. is, but it's, it's sort of the big conglomeration. So anyway, you could have a person who is having a power outage in Phoenix, but in Tempe the power is just fine. And it got me to thinking that, again, while we prepare and we put food aside and we put uh, water aside and we, and we get things to help protect those, so we buy firearms and ammo and we get training with that, and we, uh, some of us even, you know, go so far as to get a separate property to where if something really bad happened to where we live, we have a, an area to go to. And some of that maybe even just it's a, it's another family member or friends that you could go stay with maybe for a couple of weeks while things kind of get turned around. But I was thinking that the one thing that people don't really try and and uh, stock up on, I guess is maybe the best turn of phrase, is electricity. And a big part of that is because you, you really can't. I mean, you can you can get a generator, uh, but a generator, you know, you got to feed it and all that other stuff. And it takes uh, a lot of gas to run them. They're noisy. But you could uh, keep your probably at least your fridge going. And uh, it got me to thinking about solar power, uh, and especially out here where I live. You know, the sun shines probably 360 out of 365 days out of the year. You've got you've got some sun, and the the uh, the, the kind of the thing is out here is when you would be most likely to experience a power outage would would be when we're most likely not to have a lot of sunny weather. So when our monsoons come through, a lot of times we get power outages. And of course, our monsoons come through usually during the summer months, especially August, September, when it's pretty hot. And uh, sometimes there's, you know, kind of man-made disasters, things fail. Uh, There was, I believe, in one, I think it was in maybe... I think it was in Mesa. I could be wrong on the city, but a while back at the start of the summer, one of the one of the cities here, one of the towns, about eighty thousand people were without power for about three or four days, uh, and this was was uh, kind of at the start of the summer. So the temperatures were in the nineties, so it was hot, and there were a lot of people that just sort of had to kind of suck it up, and you know, again at the end of that. Uh, Four days or so, pretty much everybody had power back. But things like that often get me to thinking that you need to have a way to generate your own electricity. And 
you don't necessarily have to have stuff or, or have enough, let's say, solar panels that, or, or a big enough generator that would run your whole house. If you had something that maybe you could uh, go into a room and run some, some fans, uh, if you had a way to keep your fridge going so that your food doesn't spoil, pretty much you can get by uh, pretty well. And like I was talking about before, it's rare that that your whole city is going to be without power. So let's say that uh, that during those three or four days that you're without power, well, some of your food may go bad, um, but you can always get in your car and drive to a restaurant and get something to eat. So you don't necessarily have to worry about keeping leftovers and things like that. And you can eat, you know, relatively inexpensively. Plus, you know, you, you know things like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and things like that. Those type of sandwiches, at least, you don't really need uh, power for uh, to keep that stuff cool. But what I was thinking about, and what I don't know a lot about is, is the solar. I know that you can you can do if you have maybe five or six solar panels, depending on, of course, how much power they're going to generate. And depending on if you have uh, what type of uh, refrigerator or freezer, I think they make a thing called a Sundancer, uh, which runs off of a direct current and is designed to run in conjunction with solar panels. So that during the day, if you had that thing going, it'll keep your food frozen. And at night, either you can switch over to batteries or uh, they're well uh, they're well enough insulated that your, your food shouldn't thaw. Because uh, what you don't want to have happen is your food freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw. It'll, it'll ruin it. So the idea that I had was if you had enough solar panels maybe to, to run a couple of outlets um, and you had just a few batteries enough to kind of keep things going. And I saw a video. There's a guy called, uh, his channel name is Wrangler Star, and I'll, I'll try and put a, a, uh, a link to the actual video that uh, kind of restarted all this stuff in my, in my brain. One of his subscribers had made basically kind of like a portable, low, low-level uh, gener- generator um, charger for him. And what they had used is they used an old toolbox, and he put two of the six watt or six volt batteries in there. I think they're kind of like the golf cart golf cart batteries. And if you'll go and you'll watch the video, you'll you'll sort of see the setup, see all the things. And I thought, you know, something like that wouldn't be bad because at least you could you could uh, charge your phone up. You could, if you had a laptop or a uh, something like an iPad, you could charge those things up. But what I was thinking, so that would be nice to have as a, uh, like a little portable thing. So, you know, if you're going camping, I thought that would be pretty cool to be able to have some of your stuff with you. Um I don't know if you could run like a maybe a hot plate or something off something like that. That I don't know. But he had also rigged it up where 
you could run an LED light so you could at least have light in your home. Uh, and, and, and especially sometimes on these things, you know, if you kind of retreat to one small bedroom in your house, you can do things like that. But what I'd also thought would be interesting would is if you could have, with the two or three solar panels, enough to run one of the ice-making machines. Uh, they're kind of small. Oh, they're bigger than some of the old uh, bread makers. Um, but anyway, and I'll put a, I'll put a link to the to the ice making machine uh, that I've heard is supposed to be pretty good. And my thought behind that was, if you had some coolers, that you could, if you had the solar panels during the day, you could at least maybe make enough ice to pack into your coolers to keep your food going. And you could that's something that you could probably do for three or four days. Now, with your freezer, I don't know if you could keep your freezer cold enough. Um, and that's why maybe going to a, uh, a cooler that was really well insulated, uh, you may even have to uh, put like a cooler inside a cooler or something on some stuff if you wanted to keep it. And some of it you may just have to say, well, it's going to be a loss. But that's another thing that I'm going to try and do when the weather here is uh, it cools down. It's starting to cool down a little bit, but maybe here in a couple of weeks I'm going to try and make my own, I guess you'd call it like an emergency cooler. And I'd, I had seen the um, those Yeti coolers. And I thought, well, why couldn't I make something like that? Because the, one of the reasons that those Yeti coolers work so well is because they're so well insulated and a part of it is the way that the lid shuts down because it kind of goes in and seals and there's a rubber seal but I figured well I could I could make something probably maybe it wouldn't be as good but I could make something out of what I was thinking of getting is you know they have those thicker styrofoam panels uh, and I was thinking about getting some of those and making almost like a chest style thing to where if something did kind of go down, I would be able to uh, to at least have my own cooler and something that would actually be pretty well insulated and could go for a couple of three days. Now, I don't know, again, with those coolers, it would almost be more like it's a refrigerator. It's not like it's going to be a freezer. Um, I just, I don't think it would stay cold enough to keep it, to keep it, uh, to keep things frozen. I think the temperature would probably rise a little bit too much. Anyway, my idea for uh, for the cooler is I think if I can, like I said, if I can get maybe about four inches of insulation for the sides and the bottom and then probably at least three inches and I'll have to make the lid where it kind of fits in like a compression fit. Now what I was thinking about doing is I can I can shape the cooler the outside of it however I want, and then I'll just fiberglass the outside of it. Now, I haven't done any fiberglass, so that's all going to be a learning thing for me. Um, so if anybody has any fiberglass tips, if anybody has any solar tips, if anybody has anything like that, uh, and what I was thinking, I would just do you know a couple of layers of fiberglass on the inside of the cooler because I want to make it relatively waterproof and then... Uh, what do they call it when you gel it? When you gel coat it? Again, I don't know. I've I've looked at some stuff on YouTube about how to do it, and it doesn't seem like it's beyond what I could do or what I could learn to do. And what I would do is I would probably try and build a smaller cooler first as a prototype, and then kind of go from there.
so again, if any of you guys have experience, um, I know there's different type of the fiberglass material. And uh, from some of the videos I've watched, there's certain ones that are better. There's um, I, I, the hardeners or whatever, I guess there's, there's the good stuff to get. And anyway, I know it would be uh, that I could go and buy a cooler, a bigger chest size cooler, probably cheaper than what I could make it. But I think what I'll be able to do is I'll be able to get something that's going to be like a Yeti style. Um, so it'll be better than... I'll be able to get kind of a chest cooler that may be not as good as a Yeti, but it's going to be better than what I will spend. So... Let's say that it cost me $60, $70 to get all the stuff, to build it, to, um, to put it all together. I'll have the biggest size Yeti cooler, uh, you know, the, the size that the Yeti coolers are. I'll have the size of a big kind of like a, um, a chest freezer. But at the cost of maybe $60, $70 as opposed to and those those big yetis are holy crap they're expensive i want to say when i was looking at them they're close to like a thousand bucks or like 14 or or was it 1400 i can't even remember um you know let me pause here and i will go and double check that stuff Okay, so I'm looking at the one that I'm going to try and build. And uh, if I look at the specifications here, um, the one is like the 420, which is um, outside dimensions on this thing are basically... Basically, 64 by 24 and a half by 27 and a quarter high. So basically, it's 64 inches long by uh, 24 inches high. Or no, 24 inches wide, excuse me. It's 24 inches wide by like 27 inches high. And what they want is, I was going a little crazy on that cost before, but what they want is basically $800 for that. And if you're buying it from Yeti, they've got a $20 shipping. So basically $820, and they're saying that this item is out of stock right now. You may be able to find something off of eBay or something like that, you know, maybe cheaper, or find a used one. Hey guys, as a quick side note, I wanted to sort of drop this in. The cooler that I was looking at... There is a 420 and there's also like a 520. Uh, the 520 was that one. It's like $1,200, $1,300. So there is one that is that expensive. Now, the dimensions that I would actually be building to are around that. I think that 520 or that 420 or the, the dimensions are about the same. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, like I said, the, the if you go to the actual website, uh, the 420... That I'm looking at here. It says Yeti Tundra 420 Heavy Duty Commercial Ice Chest. They have it priced at $12.99. And then if you go back and you look at the $250, that's what it is. 
the 250 is the one that's $800. And um, although they're the same, they're the same size. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. The 250 is a little bit smaller. It's like 55 by 22 by 21. I was looking at the wrong line. So apologies for that. But anyway, the one that I want to build is the, 4, the 420, which is the big one. And um, the 250, like I said, was the $800. The 420 is basically $1,300. So I think I can build one for a hell of a lot cheaper than that. So anyway, that's just sort of my drop-in. But I think I can build my own type of cooler. And again, I don't, I'm not saying that it's going to be as durable or anything like that, but I'm saying it'll be pretty darn close to the cooling ability. And I don't know, maybe I'm full of shit. Maybe when I build it, it, it it'll, it'll be terrible. But it is an experiment that I want to do. I want to try. And I, I don't think I'll spend, I think I'll spend under maybe $100. And most of the cost is probably going to be in the fiberglass for the finishing. Uh, but because I do need to make at least the inside of it waterproof and I need to, with the, with the way I'm going to have to sandwich the insulation, something's got to kind of hold it together. Um, so, and I've, I've seen, uh, people make what they call like marine boxes for boats. Of course, those are smaller and what they used was just like the foam. They just used foam. They held it together with toothpicks and then they fiberglass the inside and the outside and then they did some gel coater. I can't remember if they painted or what they did. But anyway, that's what I'm going to try and do. And I'm going to hopefully be able to try and do that in the next maybe two or three weeks. And um, I'll talk about it on when I when I do it, I'll talk about it here on the show. But I'm also going to video it and put that stuff up. And I'm also going to try and do some video over at uh, the YouTube channel, which if you go to the website, you can click on the YouTube button. It'll take you over to my channel. I'm also going to do some video companions to the podcast. So anyway, I think that's going to be about it for today. I know it's a, a shorter show and it's kind of maybe a little bit more of a placeholder. But uh, again, if you guys know, have some experience with uh, fiberglass, send me an email or shoot me a uh, an audio or you can call the uh, our voicemail number, uh, which is area code 206 Seven four five eight one A P E one two zero six seven four five two seven three one, or you can shoot me the email at thearmedape at gmail dot com. Um, what other ways are there? That's a, you could do your own audio and send that to me again through the email. Oh, also, uh, if you would be so kind, if you're going to buy something through Amazon anyway, I've got the search box over at the website. If you go through there and just type in the keyword. It'll, it'll pop you over to Amazon. It basically links back to me and it lets, uh, it gives me kind of like a finder's fee. So, all right. Um, oh, and then if you kind of lose your mind totally and you wanted to actually donate, I do have a PayPal donation button. I will talk to you next time. Take care.
This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Houdini!